I bind you, Maddie. I bind you from doing harm no. against others and harm against yourself. And that's just for you. I just wanted, yeah, to, I just wanted I, to make sure. I mean, honestly, folks, I, I actually requested this binding spell mm-hmm. because, um, uh, well, I think, as you know, I, I, can, I can drink yeah. a little bit. I mean, we just need to bind you from yeah, doing so harm. Just, just bind me. Because you got a lot I'm of harm to it. give. It's true. Well, I, I, I actually kind of do. Um, so any binding spells out there, folks? I've, I've been doing a lot of partying lately, so maybe a, a little binding wouldn't hurt. But anyway, it's episode 11. Episode 11. What and a wonderful number. We are doing everything Mm-mm. transgender and witchy today. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, we had a, a really great month last month in October. We released so much freaking content. It was insane. So it's kind of been nice to take a like a week off, basically. Um, and uh, I think this is going to be a really great episode. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Let's so. do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Candyman. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. In 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. We'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you excited to have you here. I'm excited to have both of you ladies here. I think that we have misconceptions about each other. I think we don't have conversations with each other if we perceive we're so different. But at the end of the day, we're human beings and we all want to be loved and we all want to belong. But for me, my biggest question for you is what does people like me, people on the right, what do we get wrong about your lifestyle or your way of life? Okay, well, I think one of the major misconceptions is that A lot of you guys think it's a choice or that one day I woke up and decided I wanted to be a girl. And that's not true. I was born this way. As soon as I had verbal expression, I was stating that I was a girl. I get it if you feel that you're a woman. I I get it. But why do you have to surgically change yourself? So personally, I just feel uncomfortable in my body. The same way you would feel uncomfortable in your body if you had the wrong genitals. And for me, I completely have a girl mind and brain and express myself as a woman. And when my body doesn't match that, I feel like I'm trapped. I'm trapped in the wrong skin. You know, if the surgery operation is going to make me happy, then that's all that matters. All right, everybody, it's time for a new episode of Friday, the 13th Horror Podcast. Yeah. And today in our, well, if you've never listened to us before, uh, and this is your first episode, this is a podcast where we talk about horror in real life and then horror in media. 
And today, in our horror in real life segment, we are going to be talking about transgender rights. And um, I know some of our listeners might be like, hey, you you said something witchy this way comes like that's that was the title of the what are you talking about so what we wanted to do and bridge that gap is really talk about persecution and we really wanted to talk about discrimination mm-hmm. and i think that those two things really go hand in hand when you talk about witches and trans and transgender people in the united states sure um i i think that that's a good bridge so we're gonna bring you lots of content around um transgender issues and transgender rights uh and then we're gonna talk a little bit about the craft the the Covenant, and then the brand new 2018 release of Suspiria. Yeah. So, Maddie, yeah. let's kick things off a little bit. Thank you, Andrew. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about this episode in particular today, because um, I, I know that a lot of our listeners know that um, I've been pretty involved in the struggle for LGBT equality for the past several years. Absolutely. Um, and it's been a lot of fun to work with a lot of really amazing groups like Freedom for All Americans and... Um, we just did a great campaign in Massachusetts called uh, Yes on Three with Freedom for All Massachusetts. Um, and, of course, I've got some great, wonderful friends that work for the National Center for Transgender Equality, which we'll be talking about later. Um, so a lot has been going on. And uh, the I think that the um, the state of equality right now for LGBT people in America under the Trump administration is in peril. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, look at um, what they just said for Title IX. Yeah. I mean, in Title IX, they basically just said that no matter what you, uh, whatever you have, like whatever you decide as a person that you are. Whatever your gender identity yeah, is. Whatever your gender identity is, that doesn't matter to us. It is only your biological genitalia that you are born with that defines you your sex as assigned at birth right and um you know just so that we can sort of baseline you know ourselves for this conversation because i know that a lot of our listeners might not know or know that they know a transgender person and that's that's a very common thing and you know it's just like when the struggle for for gay marriage was going on, it was really heavy before 2008, for example. Even then, a lot of people didn't necessarily know a gay person. So, you know, that's changing. And, of course, I think everyone knows a gay person now or, or there's a gay person in their family or they have a friend, whatever. That's what's starting to happen now with transgender folks, too, which is wonderful. Um, people yeah. Are, people are starting to to meet transgender people and to understand them uh, and to understand their authentic lives yeah, and to get to know them as friends and as coworkers and, and even as family members. Well, and we're, we're finally allowing them to live their, exactly. their life the way they want to live. Precisely. And that's, that's the important thing. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about what it is to be transgender. Um, and so let's just talk about a very baseline definition, right? So first of all, you may have heard the word cisgender before. Cisgender is what I am. So I was born a male, and I identify as a male. Andrew, you're also cisgender, correct? Correct. Great. And so the pronouns that you use are? He, him. Great. So you use masculine pronouns. Correct. I'm the same way. I use masculine pronouns, he, him, and his. Um, I have some friends that don't use masculine pronouns, but they might identify as male. But even then, they might use the pronouns they, and them, and theirs. Really, when it comes to pronouns, it's all about whatever that person wants you to use. It's sort of like, my name is Maddie, for example. And this is a very basic analogy. When people call me Matt, it really drives me nuts. So imagine that I told you, my name is Maddie. I really don't like being called Matt, but you insisted on calling me Matt anyways. 
that would really tick me off. Would grind your gears. Yeah, and it would also make me feel like you're just not respecting me. So what is a transgender person? A transgender person is somebody that was born... Um, but, but they're obviously born, either male or female at birth. So, <laughs> born, so, obviously. Right, right. Sex assigned at birth. Um, but they do not identify with the sex that they were born as. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, no. I mean, it's really pretty simple, right? I, I think that uh, it, it's pretty basic that you can understand that um, just like anything else in life, you have to, you know, think about who am I? Like, who yeah, am I? Like, right. where all of the facets of your personality, all of the facets of yourself, you have to self-identify. And that's just one part of it, and we should respect it. I, I, I completely agree with you. And it's it's just it's extremely important because transgender people face discrimination on um at such a higher rate than we do even as gay men yeah um and you know it's 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 very hard for transgender folks to get jobs well and, 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 the, and to keep jobs and and the suicide rate of of transgender people is much higher yeah, than absolutely. like a lot of a lot of people out there and coming from someone who has faced suicide in in their right. in their family that's that's not fair and 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 I can tell you 90% of suicide is pretty much based on what other people have done to you, right. not what you're doing to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, completely. So I think it gives us a good baseline understanding yeah. right now just for everybody just to sort of set the level playing field. Um, so let's, you know, you mentioned Title IX. Mm-hmm. That's really important right now. Let's, let's chat about that. Why is Title IX so important? So I think it's important because they are telling people that you know, the genitalia that you are born with defines you. And that, and let's just be honest, sex and gender are two completely different things. Yeah. And I I think that that's important that our government should not be able to mandate what, uh, quote unquote, sex we are. Yeah, contrary to what science says. Yeah. I mean, science says your gender identity is not the sex you were born with at birth. Right. I mean, even us as cisgender people, like you still form your own sexual and gender identity as you grow. Yeah. That's just how humans work. Well, That's and what it's, it is. it's just not fair that the, the, the government, uh, a group of people that probably don't even know transgender people right. or or for that matter like maybe not even a gay person like that they should be able to mandate mm-hmm. these types of things right. I, I just don't think that that's even in the realm of where they should be sticking their noses i i think it's i i haven't used the word often um but i think it's evil yeah i think it's evil because i think it's it's literally erasing the identity of people um and it's it's just it's wrong. And it's also going to affect um, their job opportunities. It's also going to affect uh, their healthcare opportunities. Absolutely. It, it's just not right. And, you know, I think it really what it all boils down to is fear. Yeah. And I think that the, I think most of our listeners might not be as, um, as clued into Title IX, but certainly everyone in the country is very aware of bathroom issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the fear really begins. And the, the other side has done a great job of fear mongering when it comes to this, saying that, you know, if, if, uh, if a guy in a dress goes into the ladies' room, he's going to rape everybody. He's, yeah, he's going he's to rape everybody and like molest your little girl, which is not the case. There have been zero cases of a transgender person sexually assaulting someone in a bathroom. Right. Absolutely zero cases. And you know, when it comes to you know, I mentioned the yes on three uh, vote that literally j- just happened in Massachusetts. 
Um, one quick thing to mention there is that law enforcement is behind transgender protections. Yeah. The, the entire um, Massachusetts Chi- uh, Chiefs of Police Association, so that's all the chiefs of police across the entire state of Massachusetts, mm-hmm. they endorsed Yes on 3. Right. They are behind protecting people that need protection. And they are absolutely opposed. All law enforcement is absolutely opposed to laws that make people unsafe. Right. Repealing laws that that protect transgender people, it makes people unsafe. It's not right. Well, and to be honest with you, in enacting these um, these bathroom laws where you have to use the bathroom that you are assigned to as from birth uh, is actually really making it more um, dangerous for the transgender people, not the straight people. Precisely. So that that's important to know. Absolutely. So um, it, to be honest... Most of the time, and this is going to throw a blanket statement out there, but most of the time, it's it's the straight white male that is really enacting the violence. Yeah. So sorry about it. That's that's just how it is. And you know, with with Title Nine too, we've we've had a, a, a string in the last several months now of bathroom issues at schools mm-hmm. um, and transgender kids getting just mercilessly bullied and. Um, and there was there was one story, I believe it was in Idaho, I can't remember where it was, sorry, um, but where this this one transgender child was being, um, there there were parents on Facebook and like a Facebook group about oh, the school. Oh, God. Facebook is a and list. These, these parents were, were literally um, posting about how this child should be beaten, how this child should be raped. What the fuck? How this child should, they, they should just kill themselves. Can you imagine writing that about a child? Well, and that's the scary thing. But this is a little off topic with uh, with transgender rights, but it kind of plays into it, is yeah. that social media is so dangerous. It's, uh, used correctly, social media it's is, great. is this amazing thing that we've invented. But it also, I, there's a reason why I would never want to go back and relive my childhood now. Yeah, I, I agree. And you know, there's there's some really great documentaries right now on, on Vice, actually, and Vice News oh, about, cool. about transgender folks. You should really go watch them. And they actually talk about that incident with the parents on Facebook. Well, and to be honest with you, like, just get to know someone. Get to know somebody. Get to know their story. Yeah. And really, you know, take a chance on getting to know someone that is outside of your norm. Uh, whether you walk away that conversation with a positive or a negative reaction, it's yeah. at least that you reached out. You know, there are there are transgender people in my life that I value yeah. and love so dearly. Not because they're trans, but because they're they people. people and I love them. Um, but I love their experiences and I love how they enhance my life as a transgender person in the same way that I enhance people's lives because I'm gay and I live authentically. And so do they. What a great thing that is. So to transition oh, here. I see what you yeah. did. There. That was very funny. <laughs> at, uh, at, at Friday the 13th, uh, we wanted to make sure that we were inclusive of, of transgender people as well. So what you are going to hear now is a little interview that we did last evening uh, with our good friend from Faux Fright uh, podcast, Noah Logan. Um, we did a little interview with Noah where we just wanted to get his perspective on a lot of this stuff. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna go into it right now. All right, folks, and welcome uh, to our very special interview with one of our uh, really special podcast partners. Uh, we're talking with Noah Logan who is the host of Faux Fright podcast. Noah, how are you? I'm doing great. How about y'all? I'm doing great. Good, good. 
So, uh, Noah, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, all that good, all that good jazz. Okay, yeah. Um, so I am a historian. Uh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, but I live in Savannah now. Um, I've been living and working in Savannah for a couple of years, um, and uh, I do I do a little bit of everything. I'm a student. Uh, I, I have a job downtown. I also do uh, ghost tours downtown at night, and oh, then my fantastic. day job. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, and then my day job is I am a um, a park ranger for the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, which is a really fun job. Um, so, and I'm also uh, an openly trans person living in the Deep South. So awesome. that adds a layer of uh, interesting stuff to my life. I can imagine, yeah. And we um, we wanted to have you on because um, what we're going to be talking about in our episode and the, uh, the horror in real life is really the atrocities against uh, trans people in America today. And um, then we are equating that to doing some movies, which is uh, The Covenant, The Craft, and um, Suspiria. And it's kind of correlating the, um, the witch's persecution to the persecution of trans people in America today. Mm-hmm. So that's why we wanted to have you on. We thought that we would go... Go over some topics with you, some relevant um, current events, and kind of just get your perspective on it, if that's cool. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, Noah, I think the first thing that that I really want to talk about is... um, is the Yes on Three movement in Massachusetts. And th- this is a movement that I have actually happened to um, have a very personal connection to. A lot of my friends were, uh, were deeply connected to it. My One of my dear friends, David, was actually the campaign manager of, of Yes on Three with Freedom for All Massachusetts. And um, it was thankfully successful in last week's election, um, although we had a lot of disappointments in last week's election thankfully this one really did go through in a, in a really big way and it was a um it was in a lot of ways i think i think a lighthouse for transgender rights across the country so uh, yes on three in massachusetts what did that mean for you as a trans person today living in america well um it's kind of a, a bittersweet type thing you know because i I think it's terrific, and I'm really excited um, for the trans people that live in Massachusetts. But I do have that kind of, you know, kind of pang of pessimism where I'm like, well, but I'm not in Massachusetts, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And it, it, so it's where, like, I'm happy for them, right? But I'm still worried for those of us who live in states. And I don't know if y'all know this, but in Georgia, um, Queer people don't have any protections in Georgia, right. none whatsoever. And that's the case with most uh, uh, Deep South uh, red states generally. Um, so it's like a kind of – it is kind of a beacon in that, okay, well, it started somewhere, so maybe it can get to us. But there's always that worry, you know, like, but, but sure. what if it doesn't get to us in time, you know? Um, and I know that sounds kind of grim, but um, – that's kind it's of not. A, yeah. It's kind of the way I've, I've, I've been thinking about it, and I'm, and it's another thing is like, well, you know, I could relocate, but that costs money and resources and all that, so it's it's bittersweet. Well, and to be honest, that's that's not your job to run away. Yeah, that's yeah. that's other people's job to really gain a better understanding and really reach out to those people that are you know being being prosecuted against, uh, and, and it, that's not your job. And so I don't want you to ever feel like. 
I need to flee, you know, because I think as gay people, we've kind of felt that way. You know, we flee to like the, the major metropolitan areas because that's where our people are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's, I think, why a lot of the voting happens the way it does now is because the progressive people are all going together, getting together in these big cities oh, and we're yeah, kind of sure, leaving sure. everybody else. Well, and I, I might also add here, you know, what Noah just said about being grim is actually a really important point, I think, for, for a lot of people to understand. Um, the the idea of equality for a lot of straight people is actually pretty difficult to understand, right? Yeah. So the thing to understand about it is that if an LGBT person dies today or tomorrow or if yesterday for that matter, uh, they die never being a full citizen of this country. And that's something for people to consider, you know, Mm -hmm. all of our lives are very, very short, Um, but equality uh, makes our lives even shorter in some ways. And so if we don't work as hard as we can to make equality a reality for a lot of people, we will have more and more people die over and over again, day after day, never being fully realized as citizens of this country. And that's something to really consider. Mm hmm. And it's something that I feel like patriotic Americans should care about. Sure. Because that's one of the, cla- you know, that's one of the claims to patriotism, right? Exactly. Uh, but I think, I think the problem is, is people don't necessarily see it that way, but that is the reality of it. So Noah, can you tell us a bit about what it's been like to be a transgender person in Savannah? Um, so, okay. Uh, so in Savannah, uh, it's it's a little bit different than where I grew up because sure. um, there's two cities. And, and Noah, Noah where, where, where did you grow up? I actually grew up in a really small town um, in, in northwest Georgia. So uh, you've probably never heard of it. It's called Yorkville. There's nothing okay. there. There's a gas station there. Uh, <laughs> you have to drive 30 minutes to get a hamburger. That's that's where I, uh, pretty much exactly where I grew up too. Right, so yeah. <laughs> I grew up in real yeehaw country, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Savannah is real different. And I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about both of them. Um, but sure. Savannah is kind of one of the more like deep blue areas. Chatham County is a blue is a blue county, um, similar to the counties around Atlanta. So, and we also have the we have SCAD here. It's the Savannah College of Art and Design. Sure, and absolutely. That, yeah. that you know, a lot of there are a lot of queer students that go to that school. We have a really vibrant queer community here with First City Network, and they do a lot of good stuff. So it's it's different here in Savannah. But where I grew up. Um, it was really, uh, it was, it was, I mean, it was bad. I don't know another way to put it. I, mm. I came out to one of my friends junior year and I guess I came out to the wrong person because by the time I made it home that afternoon, people in the community had called my parents. Oh my God. And I was, I mean, I was literally physically cornered in my house and was screamed at about going to hell. And, um, I wasn't going to be that way. And if I was going to live in their house, then I was going to be normal. And, you know, and I got kicked out once, um, for a little while and I was never, I didn't really have friends because nobody, nobody in the community had even met a trans person or even heard of it before me. There was only one other out queer person in the town it was a um it was a boy who i was in school with who came out as gay the junior year our junior year as well and he kind of only 
he made it out of the fray a little bit more, which I'm glad for, but it's because kind of all the girls in school kind of capitalized on him as like the GFF, um, which is problematic in and of itself. That's a different (laughs) conversation for a different day. Um, But I didn't, I didn't make it out of the fray. I mean, I I had a difficult, difficult time. Um, It was difficult for me to get and keep a job. I barely graduated high school because I was so depressed and suicidal. Um, I mean, it was, it was bad. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's the side that people tend to ignore is that, you know, you're still a person Mm -hmm. and you're still a loving person and you just want acceptance from people and not getting that is like the ultimate, like human, just like stab to the heart, you know? Yeah. Especially me. Cause I'm, I really love people. Uh, so for several years, just to be so disconnected from, it felt like, like humanity was really a jarring thing. That's taken me honestly a long time to recover from. Yeah, I totally get it. I'm it's, sure I know it's that. a going in the high school days. That is kind of where you learn who you're going to be, you know? So that's mm-hmm. your formative years. So to be struggling throughout the, all your formative years couldn't have been easy. Mm. Well, I think there's um, there's a uh, two more things that we want to touch on really okay. about you know horror in horror in America today for transgender people, and um, I think one of them is. Do you want to take that? Go ahead and take. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, we're 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 really facing, I think, um, more than ever. Oops, sorry, uh, a real. Oh. No, no, you're totally, totally fine. Dogs are chaos. Uh, dogs are chaos, and you know, as as always, we, we live in Chicago, so there's always Chicago sounds in, in our <laughs> yeah. background. So we, 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 we totally get it. Um, you know, I think this is a real precipice at, at this time for, for transgender equality and for transgender rights and really for, um, for pushing forward just the reality of transgender existence for a lot of people in this country. Um, and so I guess, like, you know, Noah, for you, like, what does it, what does it mean, I think, to be, like, transgender in the context of, of the modern American politic, you know, where, where, where do you feel yourself right now based on where we are politically? Because, mm. you know, it, on our show, we, we, we talk, we, we talk every episode about essentially how terrible the, the, the Trump administration is. Um, and it's been especially terrible, I think, to transgender people. Where do you find yourself in that? And where do you find the community in the context of the reality that we find ourselves in now? I think, and you know, I can speak from really, I can just speak for myself in this terms, but I think what happens a lot of times with me when it comes to politics right now is it is so um, emotionally exhausting to try to keep up, up with sure. how, how trans people are being used in politics one way or the other. Um, And it's like, I almost don't even feel like we're it's, there's arguing points genuinely for like our humanity and our well being. I feel like a political sticking point. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Yeah. And so, and that can really football in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. And obviously like my support is always going to go in the side that like doesn't want me to die in the streets. Right. But I feel like a lot of times, you know, I don't, I watch my, my existence get debated and that is so surreal, you know, by people who don't have a similar life experience as me. 
And in a way, it kind of makes me shut down a little bit in terms of politics and trying to keep up with it because it's just like it doesn't seem to matter, you know, whether I'm involved at this point or not, because it feels like even when trans people try to get involved in the politics and the activism, we're we're, Mm. we're told to shut up. You know? So, so uh, Noah, beyond the, the Yes on 3 movement in Massachusetts, mm-hmm. have you found any validation in any other national, regional, or local movements for transgender people? Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't. Unfortunately, I can't remember the states, but there are a few uh-huh. states in the nation now where um, you can indicate non-binary as a gender yeah, see, see. on your driver's license, which is really cool and something that would not have happened even 10 years ago. Um, and then as far as communities go, um, I will say that I have watched, you know, and, and like I said, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young, so I haven't even been alive that long. So this is how rapidly these things can change. I have watched queer communities around me, local communities become more aware of knowledgeable and accepting of trans people. Oh, so it's, but it's, it's another one of those things where like, it's coming from the inside out. Right. Yeah, and it's sure. like going to keep eventually, I feel like my hope is that the communities will keep making connections with so many other communities that eventually it's not going to be a weird thing right, or a right. thing that people debate. It's just going to be another part of humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As it should be. <laughs> so, hey, Noah, too, I'm, I'm wondering, too, because this is a question that, that we constantly ask ourselves as LGBT people. Um, what is your connection, uh, you know, specifically in our conversation today as, as a, you know, as, as host of, of a horror podcast? What's your connection to horror movies? Hmm. You know, I've actually thought about this a lot, in part because of y'all's podcast, actually. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> um, particularly lately. And I think sometimes I go into watching a horror movie or like even just like a thriller or a suspense or something like that, like not even necessarily horror. And I think, all right, which marginalized character is going to get killed? (laughs) (laughs) And, and thankfully lately that has not been happening as much um, as it used to be. But like when I go into like watching older scary films and horror films and even just like in the horror genre, I'm like, you know, uh, you see problematic things like the I can't remember the name of the movie, but it came out recently and it was about a, a man who had like multiple personality disorder. Oh, split. And, split. Yes. Yeah. Split. Now, that's yeah. like yeah, split. super problematic. First off, is that making that illness a, a, a focus of a of a horror film? But second, like some of his personalities were women and they were portrayed in like really like you know, villainous lights and, um, that kind of thing. And I think that happens a lot. Um, you see like villains, not just in horror movies, but in like, in a lot of genres, they tend to be cross dressers or they don't fit gender norms very well. So I think my relationship to it, I say would be, um, hesitant and suspicious honestly yeah Yeah, no that's fair i mean just take a look at like silence of the lambs that's Mm -hmm. totally problematic right there (laughs) yeah um and i know i know that one of the big talking points is you know i I don't really think of it as a horror movie but um rocky horror picture show sure sure and i mean that is i mean i have i have my own like community connections to that 
movie because of you know we every every year the city puts on a shadow cast and you know the queer community gets involved so it's good in that way as a kind of like beacon for that but it is still deeply problematic right um and it's you know the core villain is a is a in you know in their own words transvestite who appears to be a man dressing as a woman and that is supposed to be one of the more horrifying things about that character. Right, right, right. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally and, get it. Yeah, and especially presented to 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 a straight audience, like mm-hmm. this is what this is what's horrifying. A, a, right, a exactly. Side. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. So Noah, um, before we uh, kind of talk about your your show, we wanted to know if there was anything else that you wanted to tell our listeners or talk about from from your perspective. Just that, and I know this is like a cliche, and you probably have, you know, have heard this a million times, especially people that are in our audiences, they're going to be sympathetic to this anyway. But just that, like, I'm just a normal dude, y'all. I just want to have a regular ass life. Like, I just want to go to my job as a park ranger and just not feel weird when my coworkers make transphobic jokes around me because they don't know I'm trans. And I just want to not worry about, you know, how much higher my chance of getting murdered is like, I just, no one's asking for anything radical. We just want to live a life. That's it. Amen to that, Noah. And we want you to know that, you know, here, especially with us, and this goes for all of our listeners and, and all of our folks that are connected in any way to, to Friday the 13th, um, that you are welcomed and affirmed and loved. Um, and it's a very important thing to us. Um, and we fully support you. And we are looking forward to the day where that is just the norm, like you said. Yeah. So, Noah, you have a podcast. Can I you do. tell us a little bit about Faux Fright? Yeah. So, uh, Faux Fright was kind of a project I wanted to do for a really long time, but it kind of kicked into high gear once I sort of officially moved to Savannah. Um, it is a podcast where I take a look at stories about ghosts and I'm starting to try to in the next season break into some other things like cryptids and like aliens and stuff like that and look at the data and like the historical data and uh, how how that backs up or doesn't back up the haunting story it's basically me trying to discredit ghost stories and getting really freaked out when i'm not able to (laughs) discredit them so noah also what you're saying here is that when we visit savannah you're going to give us a really great ghost tour right oh yeah 100 perfect on the house I'll give you the extended uh, the extended bar crawl edition. How nice. Loving it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely give Faux Fright a listen. His his um, episodes are like eight to fifteen minutes long. It's not a long commitment, but you pack a lot of stuff in there, and it's re- I I really enjoy it. I I find it very interesting, mm-hmm. and I like that you take it from a very like historical like like actual data, like actual events that happened, rather than just trying to make up a ghost story. And Noah, tell us where we can find. Fright. You can find Faux Fright on most major podca- podcast apps. I am on also on Spotify. I'm on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Google Play. Uh, pretty much all the, like the big three. You can find me there. And how about social media? Yeah, I have a Twitter. It's at Faux Fright. Perfect. So, so right now we are going to take a quick break to go uh, back into our Horror in Real Life segment, and you will hear a promo for Faux Fright. We just want to say thank you so much, Noah, for joining us tonight, and um, we wish you well. Thank Thanks you so lot, much. Noah. All right. We'll talk soon. See ya. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Hello everyone, my name is Noah, and I'm the host of the podcast Faux Fright. Faux Fright aims to examine the paranormal going on around us each day within the context of real-life history. I do my best to break stories down and learn as much as I can about the reality and the lore. There are shadows around us every day, stories just waiting to be told, and dark corners waiting to be explored. You can listen to Faux Fright on most major podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter at Faux Fright. I'm always looking for people to join the adventure, so keep a tight grip on your flashlight, check over both your shoulders, and follow me. What a great conversation with Noah. Yeah, it was really nice to hear from someone that lives lives every day in that in that fear and really uh, is celebrating his life in the way yeah, he wants to. Yeah, totally. And, you know, Faux Fright is a great little podcast. You oh, it's awesome. Totally listen to it. Um, and like like we said in the interview, I kind of can't wait to go to Savannah one day mm-hmm. and do a ghost tour with Noah because that would be fucking awesome. We're doing it. Yeah. So... This was a really great horror in real life segment. I think so. Yeah. And so, folks, too, I just want to point you to one really great resource. Um, the resource is the National Center for Transgender Equality. Uh, the website is really easy. It's www.transequality.org. Um, go there to learn more about trans people. Go there to connect with trans people. And go there to see what you can do to help in the struggle for equality. So once again, transequality.org. They're all over social media. Educate yourself. Go do it because they're leading the fight. And yeah. it's really important. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. And we will be right back with What You Been Watching, Bitch. What You Been Watching, Bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. And welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're here with one of our favorite segments to do. We know Brock loves to hear this one. It's Whatcha Been Watching, Bitch. Whatcha Been Watching, Bitch. And this is when we talk about what we've been watching. Watching. Bitch. Um, so anyways, uh, Andrew, why don't you go first? So um, I'm going to talk about a movie that's it's been out for probably about a year and a half, but um, it's on Netflix now, and I wanted to recommend it. There's a movie called Boys in the Trees. Okay. Um, it's a movie that's all centered around Halloween, and Ooh. it's all about um, some two boys that were friends when they were very young but now since middle school and high school has gotten involved they've kind of been estranged hmm. and they take a walk uh, home one night uh, on Halloween huh. and that's all I'm going to give you because okay. it's, it's it's a really good movie it's got a touching is it a netflix original no it's just on netflix okay and is it like new or old um it came out like a year and a half or so ago okay so um give that a chance okay. I, I think you'll really like it it's got a good message uh and it's actually pretty touching hmm, and creepy good. at the same time <laughs> i like the title a lot i think it's a good title yeah i like it yeah so what about you um also on netflix uh not horror but a really great action series it's called bodyguard this is not starring whitney houston Damn. or kevin costner <laughs> Um, I don't remember the actors' names at all, uh, but they're all English people. Um, it's it's a BBC series. It's called Bodyguard. Um, it's about um, a bodyguard, uh, funny enough, <laughs> who was in Afghanistan, and um, he suffers from PTSD, and he's really good at knowing when there's a threat. 
And hmm. so um, it's centered around him and this whole like sort of like espionage story Does, in, who in, is in the he, UK. Who is he bodyguarding? So yeah, so um, he gets assigned to the Home Secretary. Oh, okay. Um, in uh, in in England. And he has to protect her, and there's some crazy shit going on. Of course. It's an incredibly compelling show. Um, BBC does really well at making action series really action-packed. Yeah. And, like, not stopping Oh, yeah. We've watched quite a few. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of the one with Tatiana Maslany. Oh, yeah. What is that? Uh, with the clones. Oh, I know what you're talking why about. Why am I blanking on the name? But, yeah, like, they just they just really keep it, like, hammering into it. So... It, it's a really great show. It deals with some really, uh, really important political themes. Cool. Um, so yeah, watch it, Bodyguard. It was well worth it. I have one question. Does it have I'm Every Woman um, in the uh, opening credits? Um, so like, only, only in the final episode. Oh. So you, you have to watch the entire series. Perfect. I, yeah. I will, I'll definitely watch it. Then. Perfect. Yeah. What perfect. else have you been watching, bitch? <laughs> um, so the other one that I have to um, uh, not recommend but warn against yeah, sure. is uh, Tales from the Hood 2. <laughs> <laughs> so... I actually, I'm actually a big fan of the original Tales, Tales from, from the, the Hood. One is awesome. Like it's I, so good. I especially love the doll segment. Like there, there's just some really good shit in that movie, yeah. and it, it tackled some racism things before really racism was sure. bubbling over into yeah. into popular culture. So I, I really appreciate that movie on on different levels. Um, however, mm. Tales from the Hood two, not so much. Did you watch it? Was it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Okay. I mean, if you want to see something really schlocky hockey and just kind of dumb yeah like you can watch it like i would definitely recommend if you're gonna watch it you know sit around with some friends have some drinks and just make fun of it sure. because it's that kind of movie well, um we could do that the wraparound story is not horrible um but it's just not that good that sucks yeah and i i i didn't go into it thinking it was gonna be anything great yeah, but i was enough. like you know in this so this is where I, why I wanted it to be good because in this day and age we are facing so many of those issues sure. with racism that I wanted them to highlight those things like sure. I wanted them to like really like dig in and maybe if they were given a bigger budget or whatever it would have been better but it's it's just not there you know not not to extend the segment too long but I really wish I I agree with you I wish that a horror movie would address issues around race and racism in an authentic and good and compelling way well we did get that with get out well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean honestly i mean besides get out yeah. um, because <laughs> like i mean get out i think is a, is a masterpiece i think i think it's wonderful but you know we talked about the purge and in, in like three episodes ago <laughs> and like i couldn't stand anyone oh, at PS, all ps purge tv series oh God, way better than I, any of the movies i still have not watched it i'm gonna you know what next week I'm doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually it follows like three. To, this is off on a tangent, sorry, but whatever. Um, it follows like three different um, storylines that okay. are happening during the night of the purge. Oh, and it's actually way better than any of the movies. Good because I think that the purge. God, we're really talking. I'm so sorry. This is what we do. It yeah, just happens. It's fine. Just say it. Um, the purge. I want to watch that. I want to watch it. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay. So now, <laughs> so my, now you're my <laughs> final one. <laughs> and okay. then we have one together, girl. It is like a Netflix love fest right now because <laughs> also on Netflix, I just finished watching uh, the new season of making a murderer oh i didn't um, even know that was how yeah so it's season two um it is still dealing with stephen avery and brendan bassey oh, yeah um and you know th there's a lot of compelling stuff about it um season two is very different because brendan and stephen are in jail and, right and they aren't allowed to be filmed 
So it's a way it's it's not way, but it's 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 pretty <laughs> different um, in in the, in those terms. It really focuses mostly on Stephen's new lawyer, who is Kathleen Zellner out of Chicago. Okay, she is a very famous attorney known for getting um, uh, uh, people exonerated. Okay, um, from really hard crimes. Um, and so she's working on this one, and it's basically just sort of about her. Um, mm. And you know, it's not that it's bad; it's just that it's sort of like a lot of details, yeah. a lot of legal details, over and over and over. Well, and that's over kind again. of the first season of Making a Murderer. I, I felt like we could have told that story in like six episodes. Like we did. I would agree with ten. You. Well, I, I think that they were smart to build the emotion and to really get people as angry as they could be at the justice system, and I, and I think it worked, obviously. But, but the whole last episode of the first season is completely unnecessary. Oh, oh entirely, entirely. And you know, the the new season, honestly, there are some really cheesy parts there, and you know, it will still make you angry. Um, and you know, <laughs> so if you just, want to get angry, I mean, kind of, so like, I don't know if you're really into the story, I would suggest watching it. If, if you're, if you're not, guess what? He's still not out of jail yet. And, and neither is Brendan. So I just gave it away for you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but you already know that because if they got out of jail, guess what? You would hear about it literally everywhere. Yeah. Also really quick side note. Remember last year when we, or two years ago when we went camping and we had to drive through Manitowoc? Uh huh. Isn't that crazy? Where the raccoons were crazy. Oh my god, it was weird. Um, so th- I think we have one more that we kind of both are recommending. It, is this one also on Netflix? It's also on Netflix. <laughs> so, Sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> uh, no, literally, if you want to sponsor us, if you want to sponsor us, we're totally fine with. Go that. for it. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about the chilling tales of Sabrina. Oh fuck yeah, I love it. Oh my it's god. So okay, so I will say, um, it took me. Uh, an episode or two to get into it sure because it's a little slow at the beginning and they um i don't know if they they it takes a little while to build the mythology with that's within the show yeah yeah very so true. very that's true. when once but once i got into it it was a binge fast like i couldn't stop myself i agree um it's it's so good um, and I think that it's so well done and well produced. And uh, yeah, and the ants are so good. Oh my god, they're so good. And, and I can't remember their names right now, but the English ants. Well, she's from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, it's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She is so fucking good in this. Yeah, she's oh, hilarious. I, I absolutely love her to death. And I like what they did um, where uh, with the uh, cat and then making. Um, God, what's the cat's name? Um, Salem. What, making Salem an actual character rather yes. than like a talking cat. I, I so, think it's I think it's great. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. And also, I have the uh, go figure. I have the biggest crush on Ross Lynch, her her boyfriend. What's his name in the show? Harvey. Harvey. Oh my god, Harvey's so cute. Mm, Come on, no, he's so cute. And in, in real life, by the way, he like has like a band, and he's, he's like so young. He's not that. I mean, in real life, he's like a. It's like a grown person. Uh, oh, come on. I mean, maybe he's look at cute. Up. <laughs> come on. Listen, everybody. He's cute. All right. I'll give it to you. And but... also, Kiernan Shipka, like, can do no wrong. She was brilliant in Mad Men when she was fucking a child. She right. was a child in Mad Men, and she was brilliant. Um, and I think she's brilliant again in this. Yeah. And I love her friends, and I love... I like the uh, the three witches at, yeah. the, at like, the school that kind of torment her, but then become, like, kind of her allies towards the end. And, Spoiler. And, wow. yeah, well, but, but then also, like, what about, like, you know, the LGBT representation in the yeah. show is wonderful. Well, Ambrose? Everyone is cousin. kind of, it's It's weird. There's a weird, like, um, sexual fluidity in that in the show. Agreed. Where they just kind of, like, 
it's not sexuality is not defined it is just kind of there and and it's pretty much all accepted it, mm-hmm. it feels like except for um her one friend that is sort of like gender non-conforming right um i can't remember her name right now on the show or or i should say their name of other i think they do use um i think they do use feminine pronouns yeah what is her name they're talking about her friend that is you're assumed to believe Susie. 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 Yeah, 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 Susie. So Susie is bullied by um like the four like top football players or whatever. Yeah. Um so and you know, honestly, those parts are pretty like they're pretty graphic. Yeah. And they do a good job of making that real. And I think it's important because guess who's gonna be watching this show? A lot of young people. Right. So it's great that they are tackling these issues. Well, and that's what I really appreciate about these producers that are putting shows out there like Riverdale and um, Chilling, you know, Chilling yeah. Tales of Sabrina is that they're tackling issues that are in real life and they're putting them in a normalized situation. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that they are the odd, they are not the odd ones out. They are just there. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, outside of the show, it's sort of making it cool to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's important, too. Yeah, and I shamelessly love Riverdale. I don't care. I love Riverdale. And I love how on the show, Riverdale is, like, right next to Greendale. I just think it's Waiting for the crossover. It's going to be so good. All right, so we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to review The Covenant and The Craft. Yeah. They're here. How are they? Don't know much about them, but I intend to find out. Sarah, this is Caleb Danvers. They are the descendants of a secret legacy. Come on, Caleb. It's not like it's going to kill us. Yeah. Granted a world of untold power. Look at that. But their darkest secret. What's that? Caleb's family history. If it were me, I'd be careful. Was never meant to be shared. What is this covenant? Tell you the truth. Imagine having the ability to do anything you want. But the more you use the power, the more it weakens you. To the other kids at St. Bernard Academy, they were the girls who didn't belong. Whatever you do, stay away from them. Why? They're witches. But after years of being on the outside... Why'd you lie about me? I don't want to go out with you again. Please, stop begging. It's pathetic. Four girls are about to discover the dark side. You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic. We can make things happen. I mean, this is it. This is real. The craft. Girls, watch out for those weirdos. We are the weirdos, Mr. And welcome back to Friday the 13th. We are covering some very witchy movies today. Uh, The first movie that we are going to be covering today is The Covenant. The Covenant came out in 2006. And Maddie, why don't you give me a little brief summary of The Covenant? Sure. So um, it's about four really hot guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh! You want you want a real summary? Yeah, I want okay. not my sex. Not summary. like not like the uh, the porn parody of this. Okay, all right. So um, synopsis, synopsis, synopsis. Okay. Um. So um, uh, a new kid comes to town, right? And this mm-hmm. is in Ipswich, Massachusetts, on the East Coast, obviously. Um, and he transfers into the elite Spencer Academy. Um, and four of the boys there get very suspicious of him. Um, these four boys are called the Sons of Ipswich, and they are descendants of the original five families to colonize the town of Ipswich. Uh, the fifth... That, uh, f- that fled the witch trials yes, of Britain? Of, 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 uh, of, of England, and then they, they didn't go to Salem, and mm-hmm. they, they like, went to Ipswich instead, or whatever. 
Um, so this new kid comes in and um, he uh, um, he has he something is going wrong when when he comes in. Like they they all these these four kids all have something called the power mm-hmm. that we learn. Um, and actually, like, like the beginning of the movie, it's it's sort of like um, a really good homage to. Um, to Lost Boys, yeah, when they when Where they're they, like up on the cliff, yeah, when they and, go yeah. they go off on the cliff and they're like they're hanging out and they like go to the party, but they like float down and like yeah. fly down there. So you learn right away in the movie that that these four boys have this incredible power and they right. can do a lot of things, and they also like can't die. Um, and so this new kid, when he comes to town, something starts to happen. And it looks like somebody else also has the power. Right. And so they're all wondering what's really going on. And they learn that this new kid has the power, too. Oh, no. So a lot happens in between. Um, they, you know, have a lot of fighting. It's sort of like Mortal Kombat in a lot of ways. Um, it's a it's a, a, a it's a fun little movie about warlocks. Um, this is not do about they, witches, really. Identify, about warlocks. Do they identify as warlocks? Oh, no. I'm thinking of... Sabrina no, right now. I think yeah. that they just they just have, have the, power. the power. Yeah. yeah, God, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, um, and they they have a book that they kind of. Uh, Do you remember what the book was called? The Book of Damnation. The I Book believe? of Damnation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Listen, that's kind of their their I, I'm, Bible. I'm just gonna put it this way: this this movie is not. You ain't watching this for the plot, my friends. So, yeah, I think that we should mention that this is a very um, homoerotic oh my version of our next movie, yeah. I would say. <laughs> I mean, sh- should we just launch into talking about The Covenant? Just, like, yeah. go straight in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me, th- let's let's do it like this. Tell me what you liked about the movie. Uh, the things I liked about the movies, I think there are, for 2006, some decent special effects. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and there's some really bad ones, too, though. Yeah, yeah there are. <laughs> um, I think that uh, <laughs> the cast is actually kind of good. Um, I, I think there's some really high points and some really low points. I think that um, Caleb... He's he's the main guy, right? Caleb. Caleb. Yes. I think he's good. Um, I think that the girl, what's the girl's name? Um, like Laura or something. Laura like Allison, or something like <laughs> something that. Something like that. Sarah. 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 Oh wow. Sarah Wenham. That's different because yeah. that's going to tie right into our <gasps> other movie. That's, I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, I think Sarah's real bad. She's so. She bad. has this scene where she is in the car with Caleb, and she is like, "This is me leaving," and she like kisses him, and she's like, "This is me leaving," and she kisses him, and. It just like goes on and it's so uncomfortable. I mean, like to be fair, I think I've actually like done something like that. With yeah, guys but that not I that cheesy. But like I try. Well, but the thing is, like, what if I actually was that cheesy and I just didn't know it? You know what I mean? Maybe that's why you're still single. I was just gonna say, and that's why I'm still single, everybody. <laughs> um, um, and the part where she the port port the port the part where she puts on uh the jukebox oh god yes the dancing on both accounts both her and caleb so what do they put on they put on uh, i love rock i love rock and roll um and it's also like just cheesy because the club that they're in we're like you know all the all the young people in the town go to this one club like everyone just like suddenly where you gets can, into it. Well, where you can order a burger and fries and get it in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> Have it your way. It's just the, the movie's kind of ridiculous. And there's there's a, also a subplot to where you if you use your magic, it ages you. So that's a big part of this. Well, and the, well, the other thing to mention too is that with the power, the more you use it, the more addicted you become to it. It's like a drug. It's an allegory for drugs. Yeah, which yeah. which is like that is sort of like an interesting yeah. you know technique or not technique, but, but an interesting it um, complete, whatever. 
they in, completely in the uh they completely go against that though on several occasions yeah, they really do. like instead of just driving down to the party they have to like jump off the cliff to the right. party and instead of uh just pulling over for the police they have to launch their vehicle up into the air well, yeah. and there is one part that particularly ticked me off about this whole rule about um using your powers is that he they go down into like their lair or whatever you want to call it oh to, you mean you mean where there are like a thousand candles right. lit for all these for these four masculine guys because they're gonna like they're gonna do research on like the five families yep. you know research and, in the form of a circle jerk yeah <laughs> and they uh he takes the time instead of just going over to the bookshelf and taking the book off the shelf to level levitate the book <laughs> yeah exactly and i'm just like okay do you get like a wrinkle for that or yeah, like... it's 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 ridiculous because they all look real young still just yeah. saying now can we talk about this though because i i'm not gonna shy away from it they're all extremely good looking yeah, except like, for the blonde just... one. The blonde one, I have nothing. I mean, for. I guess like if you're into that kind of thing, then yes, it's no. fine. But like, the, also like all four of the boys are on um, the swim team. Yeah, and so like that's a focal point of this movie. <laughs> yeah, and you know I love me a good swimmer, and I'm not a swimmer myself. Um, Andrew knows this. I have I have some fears about the water, although I've gotten a lot better over the years. I really have. Um, but fuck. When there's a hot ass swimmer and there's a fucking speedo doing their thing, it is like electric in my body. There is a reason why the Summer Olympics are like one of my favorite oh, things. I mean, come on, yeah. right? I mean, like, I, you know, like you can say whatever you want about Michael Phelps, but I'll tell you this: motherfucker got the best body in America. Like it is ridiculous what that man has and can do with it. <laughs> and I can only imagine the things that he, the other things that he can that he can do. <laughs> So, are you done? Are you yeah, done? I'm done. Anyways, um, Taylor Kitsch is in, is in is in this movie, who has like the worst career of all time. <laughs> I mean, but but I mean also like, like a great career, right? I mean, like kids rich. Um, but mm. but ta- well, I mean, Taylor Kitsch has. If you think about it, he's really done a lot because he was in Friday Night Lights, as everyone knows. Well, that's that's the highlight of his career, without a doubt. And Friday Night Lights, that's back in the era when um, that back in the era when uh, seasons of television were like 25 episodes long. Yeah. So, I mean, he really has a shitload of like just content of himself. I just there. always think of, of I just always think of the segment of, of Amy Schumer show. It's good to be the coach. <laughs> good to be the coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was in that and he was in um, he was in the second season of True Detective, which, by the way, I which cannot wait failed. for the third. I cannot wait for the third season of that. Second season of True Detective was a rotten, terrible mess. I loved the first season so hard. So the second season being so disappointing was just fucking disappointing. I'm just not. I, I'm just not into that show. Yeah, I, I was, I've watched <laughs> both seasons, and I just it's not for me. The the first one I really liked a lot because it was a it was a lot about like metaphysical things and just about like thinking about existence, and it it turned out to be something different than what I thought it would be. Yeah. Second second season just sucked my dick, and Taylor Kitsch did not help it at all. He was also really bad in A Normal Heart on HBO, which I love A Normal Heart. I love Larry Kramer. HBO butchered that that production. Oh. It's so it's so cheesy. It's so dumb. People are like, oh my God, it's so good. And I'm like, you know what? Probably because you're straight. You don't even understand <laughs> anything. Like it was a bad movie. Anyways, I could go on about that. Well, but. he I mean, he's had a really bad career. I mean, he was in Battleship that failed. Battleship was he was bad. in John Carter that failed. Yeah. Like he whoever his manager is, he needs to fire him. 
But, but you know, <laughs> he should not fire his physical trainer because no. they're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, who was your favorite of the boys? Um, Probably Caleb, the, the main one. And he's pretty cute. Well, too. and also, I, I always forgot that um, uh, Chase Crawford was in this movie. He was kind oh, of the right. like third, the third in line, if you will. Yeah. And um, he, once he grows into his looks, Chase Crawford's really good looking. Yeah. Um, I'm, look, I'm looking at him right now. In this movie, he's not quite there yet. He's still a little young. Um, and then, um, did you see that the main villain, Chase, right? Uh, Chase, Chase in the movie. Is yeah. the villain. Yes. Do you know what other, um, big franchise, huge franchise that he's in now? What? The Avengers series. Oh, is he really? Yeah. He is the Winter Soldier. Oh. So that's inter- That's an interesting note that his career from the Covenant took him to the Marvel universe. Oh, interesting. Do you know, um, that he was born in Romania, by the way? I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, and actually, he was born also, um, let's see here, nine days before I was hmm. in 1982. And is it weird that in this movie, everyone is so sweaty all the time? Like, everyone just, like, sweats in their sleep. When you're um, when you're sexy, you're not sweaty. You're just, like, naturally. You're just, like, like glistening. You're, yeah, you're glowing is what they call that. <laughs> um, it's like you're pregnant. Um, but I'll tell you what, Sebastian Stan, that's the name of the guy that plays uh, Chase, he's also good looking, too. Yeah. He has, yeah. You know what he has that, that's really good looking? Good looking teeth. That's important. If you watch his mouth in The Covenant, there's something about his fucking teeth that I'm just like, I want to but he he also has some of the most cringeworthy lines in this oh movie. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, listen, there are cringeworthy lines all over. Over this son Maddie, of a bitch. I'm going to make you my weach. Oh my god, that that by far is I, the I, worst. You know, like I was I was watching it and I was like doing something else too. Like I was like I was multitasking, um, and, you know, looking up every now and then. When I heard that line, I definitely looked up and like rolled my eyes and then looked right back down to whatever <laughs> else I was doing. I was like, oh my god, I cannot believe this. And he's got a number of lines during the uh, fight sequence at the right, end right. that are just real bad. And you know what, folks? Too, I just want to point out, like, listen. Looks aren't everything to me. You know what I mean? Like, but you know, sometimes when a movie has no other redeeming qualities, I got to find something. I actually think, um, it's fun. Apart from the, uh, the tone down of the color, because they definitely do something to the color in this movie. Like the directing is not bad. It's, it's not. And I think what's, what's dumb about this is, is the writing. Mm -hmm. Writing's not great. The, the plot is, you know, it's fine, but it's not like, it's not. It's not like fucking like war and peace. I will you my yeah. Power. You know, like I, I try to put myself back in two thousand six. That's twelve fucking years ago. I saw this in the theater. I probably would have had fun with it then. Mm-hmm. I imagine. So you know, it is what it is. I, I, I definitely saw it in the theater. That yeah. was. Uh, uh, I went. So they got me. I know. There's I know, some. There's I know some, what you did after. There's some good glass effects in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, that was really big in 2006. Breaking um, glass and watching it come back together. But overall, this movie's. It's not. It, it falls right in the middle for me. It's not awful, but it's not great. It's kind of just like a popcorn flick. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You know, um, I kind of had fun. I had fun watching it probably up until the fight sequence at the end. The fight sequence in the end is so dumb. It's bad. It's literally Mortal Kombat. Like, why are we... What are these, like, floating globes of, like, glop? It's dumb. I don't get it. Like, it just... It didn't need to happen. It's so long. They, yeah. They fight so much in this movie. It becomes a movie about melee other instead of, like, magic. And yeah. I, I just think it's... Stupid. And they don't, they don't really, like, explain anything. You're just yeah. led to believe that, like... 
We got the power. Yeah. We don't know what it is, but we got it. I mean, we were we were talking before the, before we started recording too, and we were you know we we had a lot of fun in our our October episode, our Halloween episode, doing Bloodfest versus Hellfest, and you know Andrew was saying, well, you know, should we should we pair up and like put them against each other? Yeah, should we versus the them? craft, the craft, and 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 the covenant? And we we both agreed that like yeah we could, but like. There's very a, clearly there's a clear winner the craft would kick the fuck <laughs> yeah. out of the covenant um so we decided not to do that but we will be doing a little something at the end yes. of this segment to tailor to that after the craft yeah mm-hmm. talk about the craft. so um out of the seven are we done do you do you have anything else uh, no <laughs> there's not a lot of substance i don't have anything else for you on there's this. some great cgi spiders um yeah. There's a part where a girl walks towards a broken light bulb for no reason because yeah. she's barefoot. Yeah. Um, it's just. Do you want to go see the new Brad Pitt movie? Oh, I've seen it. It's so stupid. literally, that's a line in the movie. What do you want to run errands with me instead? Yeah, I want a, a great first date with you is running, running errands, errands all day. Sounds yeah. like a great fucking idea. Jesus. Anyway, <sighs> so out of seven stripes, because we do our uh, our voting Roy on, G. Biv. on the seven stripes of the rainbow, Maddie, what do you give 1990, or no, 2006, uh, The Covenant? Can you remember what my lowest rating is? I think that was Demon House. And I probably gave it like a three. Yeah. Uh, which that's really i mean uh, this is that that's that's really that's generous, generous. <laughs> um this is way better than demon house um shit god i really put myself on a corner i am going to give the covenant of four okay i think that's fine yeah it's i'm middling. going i'm going right in the middle i'm going in 3.5 yeah you know, actually i'm gonna go with you i, I want three three point five on this because it's it is literally right down the middle for me i have fun watching it the boys are nice to look at. Yeah. But other than that, there's not a ton to go from. It's a yawner. Yeah. All right. So let's stop talking about this one. And let's talk <laughs> about the real, the real one. You just want to coast on through? Yeah. All right. Let's so we are now going to transition 10 years before. 1990 fucking six. We have the staple of gay boy everywhere. The craft. The craft. Maddie, tell me a little bit about the craft. Um, the craft is about which? Um, it's about these four girls this time in California. Um, three of the girls have been friends for a while. Um, they all go to a Catholic school somewhere near Los Angeles um, or like directly in. You're not entirely sure. Um, maybe like in the Valley, I think. Um, anyways, these three girls all go to a Catholic school and a new girl comes in. Her name is Sarah. And um, these three girls are all into witchcraft and tarot cards and, you know, the witch's almanac and this and that, whatever. It's like pretty much everything that you can buy from like your local, you know, your local occult bookstore. And I was telling you last night that um, in our mall, we actually had one of these kind of stores. (laughs) Of course you did. And it was called Enchanted Nights. (laughs) And you could buy your swords or your tarot cards or your crystals. And, you know, I had all those things. Yeah. You know, you got to buy them somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> right? You know? So there it is. Anyways, um, these three girls are all into witchcraft. They have sort of like their own coven, but they've been looking for a fourth a for a fourth. long time. And so when they meet Sarah, uh, they discover that she has some powers 
that she's not quite sure of. She's like a, natural ability. Yeah, like it's a very common trope in movies like this, right? Like, oh, well, I have had these powers forever, but I don't really know how to control them or what they are. Mm-hmm. So they bring her into the fold and they form a full-on coven. Earth, air, fire, water, water earth, earth, air, earth, fire. earth, earth. <laughs> yeah, earth. I can't do that. <laughs> um, I know. So um, anyways, when they, when they form this coven, they learn together that they all have a lot of power. And they're able to make a lot of things happen, um, and they 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 start to do these uh, these actions these these acts from their powers um, for good without like, and they don't know well they do them without knowing the consequences yeah, right. of their actions exactly because they're all very young witches who are not listening to the uh, wonderfully like beautiful Doctor Quinn Medicine Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman <laughs> um, lady who runs the occult bookstore in town. Um, who has told them that whatever you put out comes back to city. Um, and so, like, they just they didn't listen to that. So, like, f- as an example, um, there's this one fucking just racist asshole in, in, in the high school. And she's awful to Rochelle. Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor. And Rochelle is black, and she's on the swim team. And, like, she's, like, an awesome student. She's beautiful. Like, everything. Right. Um, but this girl is just fucking racist and awful to her all the time. So um, they do a little spell on this awful racist girl to like make her lose her hair. Well, no, I think what what they do is they say, you know, if she leaves you alone, nothing, will nothing happen. will happen. If she bugs you again, that's when something's going to happen. But typical racist bitch, she bugs her again, mm-hmm. and after she does that, all of her beautiful blonde hair just starts to fall out in clumps. It and her just scalp, keeps coming out. It just keeps coming out, and like her scalp is all like scabby. It's really gross. Yeah. Um. Anyways, you know, there are some other things like that that happen. Um. In the end, it turns out that there uh, is a lot of tension between Nancy, who's sort of like the de facto leader of the group. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely like she's like the goth chick. There's tension between her and Sarah, the new girl. There's, there's sort of like like the lightness. And they're the, the yin and yang. Yeah, the yin and the yang. And this tension just comes to a head. You know, at the climax of the film, a lot of stuff happens, and the coven breaks apart. Um, but Nancy, poor Nancy. Wants more. She wants more and more. And they, you're forgetting that um, they invoke the spirit. It, that, yeah. So um, in the movie, the spirit is referred to as Menno. Menno. And the way they explain that is if like if God and Satan were having a football game, Menno would be the stadium that they played in. Yeah. It would be the sun that shone down on them yeah. during the during the game. And so it's meant to believe that Menno is kind of the all the all being the like, all the all creative force exactly. all, all over around you. Right. And Nancy invokes the spirit in a ritual called invoking the spirit. It's supposed to be like, like it's, it's like the pinnacle of like witch rituals, basically. Mm-hmm. And she takes all this power in, but she doesn't know how to use it. And she uses it for bad shit. She uses it for evil. Yeah. And like, you know, she like, you know, like her stepfather dies and this, and this happens and whatever. And she's just, she's a fucking bitch. $175,000. And like, oh, we're listening to that now. We're like, um, that doesn't even buy you like a condo. Well, they just are in an apartment. They I know. In her own right? apartment. <laughs> I, I've always wanted a jukebox that just plays Connie Francis. Connie records. Francis. Um, anyways, yada, yada, yada. I do, I do love the mom where she's like, wow, the lights out. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> you it's can't ridiculous. even pay a bill. Um, so at the end of the movie, um, you know, there, there, there are there is a battle between Nancy and Sarah. Sarah wins. Which actually, did you know that in 1990, I guess it would be 97 at this point because it's okay. the the MTV Movie Awards, that fight actually won Best Fight. Did it really? Yeah. 
Yeah, I distinctly you know remember what? that. I think back then, I think that actually makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, there is a subplot where you are made aware that Sarah had before um, slit her wrists, but survived. Yeah, right. Um, there's a commentary on that. And so what they they literally try to murder her yeah. and make it look like a suicide. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's 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 pretty dark. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when, God, I saw this when, when it first came out, of course, just like you. And, you know, back then, fuck. Like, I was obsessed. Yeah, as soon as you saw it, you, 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 you couldn't stop watching it. And as soon as I got the VHS, I watched that motherfucker, like, every day. Even my mom would come into my room, <laughs> and she would be like, can I, can I borrow that movie with the witches? <laughs> you know? And you're like, no. I'm, I'm watch, watching I'm it. I'm watching it again. I watch it every night. So get out of here. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, the Nev Campbell? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So um, Nev Campbell plays kind of the... Bonnie. Yeah, she plays Bonnie, but Bonnie and Rochelle are kind of like the... They're, they're kind of like the two some that are kind of in the background they're the followers yeah yeah yeah. and um bonnie is has uh burn scars all over her back that's never explained exactly why but she does have them and she goes in for what they're what they're telling you in the movie is genetic testing which as someone who works in healthcare, this is not genetic testing it's not at all it's literally just a needle (laughs) it's in and uh, we were talking about it last night i was like they're not going to give her anything for the pain like, they're just going to jab a needle into her back repeatedly over and over and over without any pain medication. As she screams for her life while they do it. And her wish from Menno is to take her scars away. And there's a really funny, to me, scene where um, they, they are going to check and to see if the genomic testing worked. And it's literally just like Elmer's glue, like on her back. And they just like strip it away. But that's fine. <laughs> Oh, God. But it's it, overall, I mean, we have Feruza Balk, who's amazing and yeah. needs teeth whitening so, so bad in I this know. movie. <laughs> but it's fine. Robin's Honey yeah. as Sarah, mm-hmm. who I actually saw once in Chicago. What? Yeah, I was. Um, so if uh, if you can, if folks that aren't from, from Chicago, if you know where the Bean is downtown in Millennium Park, um, there's like a little uh, like cafe bar thing you can sit out at. And I was out at the bar this one summer day. I remember a long time ago. I was with a friend. I looked over and I was like, is that Robin fucking Tunney? And it was. What? Just sitting there having drinks like, That's with, awesome. like, with a friend there. It was, it was, it was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, and then I'm Rachel True as, as Rochelle. Yep. Who I think does a great job. I totally also. follow her on Twitter. Oh. So. Follow us back. <laughs> follow us back. Come on. Um, um, Skeet Ulrich. Oh, yeah. So we forget. Um, so Sarah's wish is that um, Skeet Ulrich's character. Steve? Uh, Chris. Chris. Chris, Chris <laughs> um, That he would fall in love with her. And it, it and he does, but it comes at a price, just like what the woman at the at the, the cult shop says. Whatever you give out comes back times three. And he is so obsessed with her that he like can't live without her. And he basically tries to rape her. And then Nancy goes after him and disguises herself as Sarah to seductress him. And then I think that's one of your favorite lines is when he's like, you're just jealous. Yeah. And then what does she say? Well, what does she say? You don't even exist oh, to me. You don't even exist to me. <laughs> oh, it's so and then, good. Oh, God. And then she goes fucking nuts on him. You're sorry. Oh, he's sorry. He's sorry. And like her head like mm-hmm. goes crazy. And then she like, you know, pushes him off. It's, it's, and he kills. She kills him. She kills him. <laughs> um, You know, which, you know, there's something to be said there, right? I mean, like. Chris Hooker wasn't a great guy. You know, he he had sex with with Nancy. We learned that as one of the subplots too before. 
He's um, your typical like and I, Jack Burrow. Yeah, and like, it seems like maybe he gave Nancy an STD. We think that's maybe part of the story. Oh, I never um, thought about that. Well, but. like when she says he's a disease, mm. I kind of I, I always I always interpreted that as oh, like maybe he like gave her something. I think I took that more as like a metaphor for well, like well, or either yeah. or. I, I think it could be either way. Yeah, like, totally. But you know, something happened between them. I, we don't know. I don't think it's assault necessarily based on the way that Nancy No, I think that, that they probably had a really good affair and he swept it under the rug as her being the slut. Right. And, and yeah. her being weird and gothy and whatever. Right. Um, so, like, I mean, like, he's not a great guy, but he's also kind of like every guy in high school. Yeah. Right. So, like, I don't think he deserved to die. He, well, that, <laughs> that's just it. Right. So, like, if, if they hadn't done this spell, would he have done this thing? You know, no. like, that's, a, that's, that's just part of the universe, right? Um, and then we should talk a little bit about the soundtrack because the soundtrack, soundtrack and, and it's really that main song yeah. by, is it by, by the cure, correct? No, 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 no. So, the, so you're thinking of, um, you're thinking of How Soon Is Now. and the, the, You're correct. And yeah. how, how Soon Is Now um, was written by the Smiths uh, gotcha. and Morrissey originally. The song is covered in this movie by a band called Love Spit Love. Um, and the Smiths uh, is definitely one of my favorite bands of all time. I've seen Morrissey many times, even though he's a dick and cancels his concerts all the time. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, that song is also one of my favorite songs. Um, and the cover is pretty cover, good, though. This cover is pretty damn good. There, okay, this is going to be a weird statement to make, but there's a lot of really good slow motion yeah, in this movie. There is of like people sure. walking and like. To I think a they, song. They do a great job with it. And, like, you know, put yourself back in 1996-97. Like, this was a cool fucking movie. Were you ever in a coven? Um, yeah, totally. I, I was. Yeah. I was I was the water. You, you were the water? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so, that's that's kind of sweet. <laughs> I, I could see that with you. I'm, you know, I think we all got into witchcraft. Because, you know, I think what's fun about exploring that when you're young is that... Uh, if you live in a pretty humdrum place, which I did, me too, you know, and you too, mm-hmm. it's a fun escape away from like you know your everyday sort of boring small town life, and it was fun to think about mystical things and how you can change the world and and all was, of that it, sort and of thing. Honestly, it was it was a reprieve from um, organized religion. Yeah, and that too. You know, we, we were being forced to go to church, and this was kind of our outlet to be like, you know, no, this is like. We want to learn more about this. Well, yeah, and, you know, because like mainstream religion, uh, I should say, mainstream Christianity is is far more focused on what you do to get to the next life, mm-hmm. and witchcraft, Wicca, you know, all all the sort of uh, of pagan um, spiritual uh, paths are far more focused on what you can do with power to change the world you live in now. And a lot based in nature. And a lot based in nature, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, that that's a very attractive principle for people, mm-hmm. I think, and especially for young people, because you look at the world, you don't like it, you don't understand it, and you want to change it. Yeah. And I think that what this highlights is um, kind of the outcasts, you know? And totally. I think that sometimes, uh, being a little gay kid, we were we were the outcasts. Sure. And so this was like an outlet for us to be like, I want to be like them. I, I, I totally agree. And, yeah. you, know, you know, sort of jumping back to our horror in real life segment, thinking about transgender people, I think that's especially the case even today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the witch hunts that took place in this um, on this continent uh, in the 17th century were awful. I mean, hundreds of people were, were not hundreds, but well, was it hundreds? 
Eh, people. There Just were, say there, people. There were quite a few people that were murdered um, because of false allegations and because of fear. And, uh, you know, if you, if you really dig deep into those stories and read them, they're, 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 they become more than just the base of like hocus pocus, right? Yeah. It's like, they're actually really sad and terrifying, horrifying stories of mostly women, um, being persecuted for doing nothing more than just being alive. Yep. And, um, or for speaking out or or for speaking out or for doing something different or for like, you know, fucking like discovering how to heal somebody. I mean, imagine now if we, if every protest that happened, everyone that was in that protest was sentenced to death. Yeah. That was, that was the witch trials. That's basically it. And it was, um, I don't know. This is really crazy shit. Yeah. And, so, and that, that's the kind of shit that we can't let happen again. Right. So um, anything else about the craft other than it's like one of your favorite movies of all time? No, I, I, I think we've said it all. And I think that I, I have a feeling that most of our listeners probably feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and, and probably have seen this movie a thousand times as well. So yeah, I love it. It's wonderful. Yeah. So out of seven stripes, what do you give the craft? I give the craft six. Out of seven. Out of seven. Um, for me, this was a formative movie. If we weren't going to talk about it on this show, I was going to talk about it on Friday's favorite movies. Um, so this to me, I, apart from it being a little aged because of the nineties, that is very true. Um, other than that, it's kind of a perfect movie for me. I'm giving it a seven. I love that. Yeah. I just, I, I watch this movie at least once a year. Yeah. If not more. Of course. It's on my short list of when I get drunk, I want to watch these movies. <laughs> Which is all the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I give it a seven. I love that. All right. Do we want it? To- oh, well, let's let's do a little game. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, let's take two characters from each movie and pit them against each other. Oh, wait, so wait. You mean two from each or do you mean <laughs> one and one? One and one. Okay. So, I think we should definitely choose Nancy. Okay. So, Crazy Nancy. Crazy Nancy. And are you thinking... Um, Maybe we should just go Chase. villain against villain. Yeah, so Chase from The Covenant. Versus Nancy from The Craft. Uh, all right, so all right, so what happens in this fight? Okay, so they are meeting at a bar. Okay. And they get into a fight. They get into a fight because Chase calls her a stupid bitch witch. And, <laughs> and they... <laughs> And 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 Nancy goes crazy. And then Nancy goes, "You don't even exist to me." <laughs> exactly. Um, but actually, I think in this fight too, they're actually secretly attracted to each other. Right. Darkly attracted yeah. to each other. So I think that's going to play into play into this. So so what? Let, let, give me your scenario. Brief scenario of what would happen between uh, so, a fight between Chase and Nancy. My God. So I think that Nancy would like probably play with like the environment. Because she's good at like she's good at like glamour and like making people manipulating like, manipulating things. So I think that she would try to manipulate, um, maybe even herself into a different character. So like maybe she would manipulate herself to become like one of his arch enemies in in Ipswich. So like maybe she turns herself like into Caleb. Oh, interesting. Like, and she does that to like like really like get his emotions going, mm-hmm. and then like he and then he kind of like flies off the handle. So I think that Nancy might do something like that. See, I just kind of see her as like going crazy with a knife and just like trying to like stab his ass. I, I think I think she does that at the end. Oh, okay. That's that's what end. it boils down to. Yeah, and then when it comes to to Chase, he's I just th- going to throw some one liners yeah, out there. I think he's going to throw some one liners, <laughs> and then he's going to throw some orbs, whatever those fucking things whatever are. whatever that is, and it's going to be Mortal Kombat Part Seven, basically. Yeah. Um, is but there that many parts to Mortal there, Kombat? There, there is no. Um, so wait, so who do you think wins? Um. 
when I, mean, I like who's dead like who killed who, who, who did who did um i think when it really comes down to it i think that the power that nancy has with manel would overcome eventually chase's power of orb shooting okay yeah you know, i think that she has more um what do you call it? Like more tricks up her sleeve? More chutzpah? Yeah. And that she would figure out a way to manipulate him into basically killing himself. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. You know, honestly, I want Nancy to win. Me too. Yeah. All right. So she won. And then she goes to the insane asylum where she belongs. <laughs> ah, I'm flying. I'm flying. I'm flying. <laughs> All right. Anything else around either of these movies that you would like to talk about? No, that was fun. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with a segment because I can't remember which one we talked about doing. One of the segments. <laughs> remember, you start on one with the music. And if you feel ill at any time, just stop. Oh my, that. I felt distress, uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's disturbing. Gruesome. Oh, no. Shocking. Did you pee yourself? This will probably haunt me for, for a little while. Well, I didn't have lunch yet. And I may have to skip lunch now. <laughs> I don't know if I can sleep tonight. Messed up. I am so uncomfortable right now. You have no idea. Oh, God. She twitched. Welcome back to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. Once again, I'm Maddie. And I'm Andrew. And we're talking about, um, we're talking about a really, uh, interesting film that just came out it's a reimagining of the 1977 horror masterpiece from dario argento suspiria the new one is directed by luca guadagnino if that sounds familiar you might recognize one of his other films that came out very recently call me by your name Mm. so andrew why don't you give us a synopsis if you can of the <laughs> that's a good way of putting right, it of the reimagining of the 2018 Suspiria. So, uh, Suspiria follows a ballerina that is coming to you from Amish country. Uh, Susie is going to a da- a renowned dance academy in Italy. No, no, no. It, uh, in in the original, yes. In the um, in the new reimagining, it's in Germany. Germany, that's right. And it's it's in Berlin. While I should Berlin know this. Is, One of the main divided. characters named Olga. Yeah, that's like right, a dead right, giveaway. Right, right. Um, and she goes to this school to prove that she is a self-made dancer, and um, they are going to accept her and kind of bring her into the fold. And what you don't know, or what you figure out pretty quickly, pretty is quickly, that, yeah, is that this is a a coven of witches that is kind of controlling this dance academy and they're using it for nefarious reasons um and that's i mean that's pretty much the bare bones synopsis of suspiria it stars uh dakota johnson tilda swinton oh we got a little bit of um chloe grace moretz uh alec Alec whack a very famous actress and model yeah so that that's like kind of the main uh of of note talent that is yeah. in this movie i mean there's there's a ton of characters so you can't really go down right, the right, entire right. thing but yeah yeah so so yeah um so let's hey can we start with how you feel about the original suspiria yeah sure so i i love the original suspiria i think it's um 
you know, I'm a big fan of art house film. Sure. Um, and especially when it comes to, um, to Italian film, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Fellini, um, cause who isn't, if you like film, um, what I love about Italian film especially is that it allows itself to um, just bask in its own art. Sure. And I think that the original Suspiria does a great job of that. It's, I mean, both of these movies, you can very easily just say, wow, they're, they're really weird. Because mm-hmm. um, the first one is – the original one is too. Um, it's, it's, um, I love how it plays with color. I love how it plays uh, with light. I love how it plays with language. Um, I think it's a brilliant movie. I think, and it, I, you know, it's Dario Argento's, um, you know, most famous film, I think for a reason. And I think, you know, horror fanatics love this movie because it's really great. Um, and I'm, I'm with them. Um, I think that it's a beautiful looking film. Uh-huh. I think that the plot is a little, Oh, for sure. Just, it's, it's hard to figure out, man. You got to like read something about it afterwards yeah. to like really get it because yeah. they, they don't do a great job of giving you the, the complete story. Yeah, you're, sure. you're left to piece it together by yourself, but which is very Italian. Um, but I do really appreciate the soundtrack. I really appreciate the way it looks. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I fought, where I, where I, uh, from 77. Yeah, the, yeah, from the original. Yeah. So so let's talk about 2018. Sure. So we're going 30 years, 30, 40, 30, uh, 77, 87, 97, 40, this is like, this 40 is like, years later. This is like when we were like, um, is, it a, is an obstetrician, is that OBGYN? And <laughs> Such God, idiots. People, people really love that too, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, anyway, so the, the new film, um, which I have been calling, you know, a lot of people call it like a reboot or they'll say like the remake. I refer to this as a reimagining. Okay. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. And like, you know, Luca Guadagnino is Italian himself. He grew up loving Dario Argento, loving Suspiria. I think that the ideas for for his new creation uh, formed around the core story. I think that these are ideas that he probably has been percolating for a very long time. um, Okay. And and putting them together into um, what is... Um, I would, I would definitely grant it's a, it's the, the plot is pretty difficult to, to follow or to even understand necessarily yeah. what's going on. Yeah. But what was really interesting to me about this film and are we doing spoilers or are we not? Yeah, we'll do, uh, it's kind of hard. Not we can't, to. we have to, I mean, okay. So going forward from this point, this is going to be a spoiler review. Yeah. If you can't handle it, move on. Yeah. Uh, and, and also like too, if this is your first episode with us, honestly, all of our reviews have always been full of spoilers. Well, I want to talk about the movie. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to dance around it's, it. I, I feel the same way. So, Oh, I get, I see what you did there. <laughs> really good. Um, anyways, you know, what was great for me about, about this movie yeah, what are your what are your initial thoughts on oh, an, a, really a number of things? Um, as I as I I think I told you this, you know, I I saw this movie at one of our favorite art house movie theaters in Chicago, the Music Box Theater. I also saw it there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's in the main theater. If you've never been to the Music Box, it is classic movie house. They even have an old Calliope organ. It's 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 incredible. So seeing it there, I think was even more special for how I actually this think that's how is. you should see it. I totally agree. If you have a chance, if if it's even playing around. You, which I hope that it is. Um, it's much more of a limited release, uh, much more of a limited release than, than I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. So, just kind of a rundown of things that I love about it. Um, number one, I love the soundtrack. Tom York did all the scoring for it. And if you don't know Tom York, he is the uh, lead singer from Radiohead, one of the most famous bands of our time. Um, I think he did 
an exceptional job scoring the movie and creating new music for it. It's yeah. a great soundtrack. You can listen to it on Spotify and, it's and everything not, else. It's not um, a pickup of the old. It's not. The, he did something completely new, which I do appreciate. Yeah. Um, I uh, I really liked the horror aspects of the film. I think that the violence was well done. I think that the uh, the way that they work with bodies especially in a movie that is about dance is pretty fucking cool. It's pretty brutal. It's brutal as fuck. I mean, the ending alone, when, when mother superiorum comes down to fucking get her children in line and everybody dies. Holy fucking shit. That scene. I will. I have some really big issues with that scene, but we will get to it when okay. we get to it. Um, God, what else? I, I really like the way that they played with Divided Berlin. Um, you know, the movie takes place in this atmosphere of something wrong with the world. The world is not in the world is not in harmony, and Berlin is a perfect place to do that in the seventies because the East and the West were so against each other. Um, and you know, it was also the 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 Lufthansa um, um, hostage situation. There, there's a whole lot of interesting things environmentally in the movie that I think are really interesting to play with. I think that the movie takes place in the shadow of the Holocaust. And I think that's a really interesting thing to bring up um, because I think that it deals with guilt and with shame and with sorrow and with pain. And I think in the end, for me, that's what the movie is actually about, which I just didn't expect that to happen in this horror film. Sure. For me, it became about a movie that, that uh, that is that is allowing characters and people to be released from pain and shame, and you know the scene where um, Mother Superiorum goes to go see Doctor Klemperer just before he dies, um, and Doctor Klemperer is played by none other than Tilda Swinton, who is always a great gen- gender bender. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she sits there and she <laughs> says to him, "We all need shame and guilt, but we don't need yours." Right, and it's it's like taken away. It was just I I. I started bawling. Like I was crying to Suspiria in the theater. It really struck an emotional chord with me that I did. Like, once again, huh. I did not expect at all. I thought it was just beautiful. The other, the other one more thing I want to say is as I was watching the movie and I told you this, like it was about like 20 minutes in, I was looking at the beauty of what was happening on, on the screen. And I just told myself like, Oh my God, please just don't, don't fuck it up. Like, don't, <laughs> don't fuck this up. And I kept thinking that as I was watching it, and all the way through for me, it didn't. And I just, I watched it and I thought, God, that is one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen in my life. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so I would agree with you on the look of the film. I think that they did a great job of the set decoration, of the soundtrack, of the uh, look of it. I, I think all of that is really successful. I think the the body the body horror that you see in it apart from the ending is, is really good. Um, I, 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 I I hesitate to say I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was in, I was intrigued by it. Mm. Um, I think that there was a, how do I put this? There was a lack of cohesion between the art and the story. Um, I don't think that the script was explanatory enough for me. Sure. Like I literally had to have someone explain this movie to me after I saw it. And not saying that I'm like smart or stupid or whatever, but right, like right, right. it is up to the script to tell me what's going on in the movie. And 
that ending is not earned by this script, in my personal opinion. Mm. Um, I don't think they set that up enough to uh, warrant that she was a witch the whole time. You know, I I think that I might agree with you on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I think that that does make sense. Um, but I will tell you, there are some scenes in this movie that are some of the best I've ever seen. Like there, yeah. the, the, the Olga scene where she is being flipped around Ugh. and while, while uh, Dakota Johnson's character is, is dancing doing the main dance and also the main dance. Yeah. It, all of that is, is, it is, it is visually stunning. Um, it's just beautiful. But just like the original, I kind of think the story is a little, yeah. I, th- I think that they, I, it, it, it's hard because, like, I don't. I was just talking about about this on Twitter with somebody. Like, I don't really want to compare the two. No, no, no. Not, I don't. Not I don't. I don't. But like, if I had to like say something like that, this one did better than the original, right? If, if I had to pick up anything, I think that the additions of story in this one are a little better and yeah. make it and make it a little bit more accessible. Like having the psychotherapist. Yeah, I, I like the addition of the, the doctor, the grief, and, yeah. and, and and you know all of that kind of. And his wife, who's played by the original uh-huh. from Suspiria. What's her name? Um, don't ask me that. I forgot. I do. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what was I just gonna say? Oh shoot! shoot the shoot, psychotherapist. Shoot. Yeah, the psychotherapist, uh, Doctor Klemper. Um, oh, and I had another thought, but I can't. I, and I, 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 I think this movie is way too fucking long. It's it there. There are literally scenes there, and I, I call this one out specifically because it stood out to me of where the doctor is literally walking from his house to his job. That's all he's doing. He's yeah, walking, yeah. And there are literally seven or eight cuts of him just yeah. walking. Yeah, sure. And right. I'm just like, we couldn't pare that down a little yeah, bit yeah, and save our eyes from a couple you know, minutes. As as an Italian, um, I can tell you that um, we don't uh, speak briefly. <laughs> Um, as you might have guessed on this show, no, it's it's um, it's it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed. I'm, I'm glad I saw it in the theater because I think that's was really see important. See it in the theater if you and, can. Um, I will say that um, in our theater we tend to sit um, middle middle back, and we had to move because the sound wasn't. I couldn't hear. Interesting. Like I don't, and I don't know if that's at the fault of the movie or of the movie theater. I wonder if that was the theater. I'm not sure. Or I wonder if that was just the day that you because what I said not too far from where I think you guys said, mm-hmm. um, and sound was okay for me that day. Yeah, we had to move up a little bit um, just to get a better huh, sound. Interesting. But th- there also is a lot of in the beginning of this movie. There's a lot of mixed language. Yeah. So there's a lot of you, um, have, to, you have to really pay attention. German to English to English to German, yeah. like back and forth, and then French is in yeah, there. Yeah, it, there's there's a lot in there yeah and um, I, I i will say that i think this is probably dakota johnson's best role oh, she's done incredible but also i think that we need to just touch briefly on the other character in the movie which is dance yeah i mean no, like, the dance is beautiful the dancing is is i mean and i'm not a i i studied theater i'm not a dancer i don't know as much about dance for my sure. history of dances with dance moms so yeah, right, that, like right. gets you anywhere but i mean the dancing that they do to me um seems incredibly uh lovely well no the one thing that i mentioned after the movie is that in the ritual scene uh-huh. where they're all doing that the at ritual the, end, the ritualized dance at the end yeah, yeah. at the very very end Ooh. they are going I can't, how do those, I mean, that's like doing down ups. Like yeah. if you're a football, football player, like that's what they're doing yeah. and they're doing it. I can't, I don't even for know how, lo- for a long time. like how many takes did that take for yeah. them to get that right? Where they just had to do that over and over and over again. You know, I've, I've dated, I think three dancers in my life. Um, and 
you know, I just can't date dancers because as soon as our clothes come off, I'm like, you know what? You know what? Why don't you just go sit on this throne and I'm going to go back to bed and I'm going to put on my, you know, my onesie jumper or whatever. Um, that dancers are so strong. Yeah. And they just, they, they, they're, it's amazing to see humans that can use their entire body in creating art. And, yeah. and it's truly inspiring mm-hmm. and watching scenes like that or watching them do um, the, uh, the, the big performance that they do. Oh, it's beautiful. And all the rehearsals that they do to, you know, to lead up to that. It's incredible. Like that is a shit that I can't imagine doing. And I guess I could imagine doing it if I was the sort of person that could put in that much time and that much effort and that much energy into practicing, practicing, practicing. Well, that's your job. And doing it. Like it's just, oh my God. But yeah, overall for me, I kind of see this as a um, amalgamation of great performances that are kind of in a mess of a story. I think that's a, I think it's a fair assessment. I think that the, you know, the story isn't, I was willing to give the story a pass because of the um, emotional elements that I thought were very uh, clever and novel and also truly um, inspiring. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, like we've already talked about, the just incredible look, feel, and sound. And the violence is... Intense. Yeah. It's really So intense. that's where I want to talk. I, I want to talk briefly about the ending scene. Yeah, sure. And why I have issues with that. The, there is some... So at the very end of the movie, uh, we get... <clears throat> at the very end of the movie we get a scene where they are she's going through and basically everyone that voted for the other witch Marcos uh, to be their head explodes <laughs> because so and just to like go back to that part of the story like all, all of the witches had to vote like who was going to be the head witch basically and they had to choose between Madame Blanc who is played by Tilda Swinton or Elena Marcos who is also played by Tilda Swinton actually <laughs> um, we don't see Helena Marcos pretty much throughout the entire movie well I think we're led to I there. think we're led to believe that they tried the ritual with Chloe Grace Moretz and it didn't succeed didn't that's why she's kind of got like extra hands out of her and like, yeah I gotta tell you when we see Helena Marcos <laughs> in full in her full glory that that's that shit was wow wow (laughs) the little hands got me that was a lot anyways go ahead um no uh so they they do this effect when they finally go down and she's kind of walking through and being like goodbye like head explosion and death death like comes through and and says who's gonna where they're doing like this weird camera trick where it's kind of like i don't know like trippy and you don't really yeah. get the full effect. And I'm like, why did you do that all oh, of a sudden? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, why would you, you just show it? It's sort of like, a, it's like it's like a crazy kind of like filter. Yeah, it's almost like stop motion. Yeah. Like, or yeah. like, do you know what I mean? I wonder, I wonder why he did make that choice. And I'm not, it just bugged me. I was like, well, we've never done this through the entire film. Hmm. And now the final payoff, like the payoff you've been waiting for, like what's going to happen to these crazy witches? Yeah. You don't even really get to see. You know, I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to like imagine watching that scene if it were just you know filmed as, as the rest of it was i wonder what that would be like it's almost hard to imagine now i know it, it, it was a minor thing that it just bugged me well, it's a good thing to think about though because I, I didn't even think about that and the cgi work on when she opens her chest i was just that like it was interesting i was like can you i mean this is 2018 yeah, you right, can't right. you can't do that better right right but right. you know it's it's these minor things in the story that bugged me, yeah. but overall, I still had a good time watching it. So, out of seven, what do you give this? All right, so three point five would be right down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give this a four point five. Okay, I'm going to go pretty high on this one. That's fine. This one is a six and a half for me. Um, 
I like I said, watching it, I just didn't want it to fuck up ever, and it didn't for me. And it was just so beautiful. I walked out of the theater, and all I could think about was Suspiria. All right, and I've been thinking about it actually ever since. I loved it. We did talk at length afterwards. Um, it just most of it was like, wait, so what? So wait, yeah. Uh, so right, right, right. like, what happened? Uh, it was mostly that kind of right, conversation. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, so I think that kind of finishes up Suspiria. And, and Tilda Swinton, we love you. Yeah. Follow absolutely. us on Twitter. No, I think all the performances are really good. good. Um, good. so, uh, I think we will take a quick break and we will come back with a segment we haven't revisited in a little while. Hack up, hook up. Oh, whoops. Uh, see, you messed it up this time. It's, I it's, know. I think, I think I got it ready. I think it's, it's hack up, shack up or hook up. Definitely. Yes. What do we always tell them no matter what? Oh. Oh. My God, your penis is so big. Good girl. <laughs> your penis is thick. Oh, your oh. penis is just so pretty. Uh, oh, you oh, got, got a handsome dick. All right, we're back with everyone's favorite game, Shack Up, Hack Up, or Hook Up. Yay! If you are new to this game, just think of Kill, Fuck, Mary. That's Basically. pretty much it. Yeah, that, that, Shack Up, Hack Up, or Hook Up. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. So we are going to do three rounds of Shack Up, Hack Up, or Hook Up. Maddie, who is our first contestant? From The Covenant, the 2006 film about hot boys that got crazy <laughs> powers. We have three contestants. They are Caleb... Pogue and Tyler, um, and these are all the uh, the sons of Ipswich that are really cute, and um, they they have powers, but they're the nice ones. This is not the evil guy, and this is also not the blonde one that we decided we don't like as much. Yeah, he he got axed from this. <laughs> so um, so as a reminder, Pogue is played by um is played by Taylor Kitsch, mm-hmm. right? Um, Tyler is played by the guy that you... Chase Crawford. By Chase Crawford. And then um, Caleb is the nice guy that's the main character, basically. <laughs> so what, what you gonna do? I'm going to hack up, or I'm gonna shack up okay. with Caleb. I think that's a smart I'm choice. I'm going to hack up... Uh, Pogue. I thought you would. And I'm gonna hook up with Chase Crawford. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I... I'm pretty similar. I'm, I would definitely shack up with Caleb. He's he's just like a sweetheart. Um, and he sweats so often. Yeah, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hook up with Pogue because just the idea that I'd be hooking up with Taylor Kitsch is really hot, and I just always, <laughs> I've always wanted that. And I, I don't want to do it, but I just have to. I have to hack up somebody, so I'm hacking up Tyler. All right. Although he's really cute, I don't want to. <laughs> um, okay, so give us the the three folks from. The craft. So we're going to leave out Sarah because she's our main character, mm-hmm. and we are going to go with the original three from the coven. Okay. So we have Nancy, uh-huh. uh huh, Bonnie, uh huh, and Rochelle. Oh. So why don't you tell me who you're going to shack up, hack up, and hook up with? <sighs> Fuck. Uh, I'm going to shack up with Rochelle. Um, I'm going to um, hook up with oh, with Nancy. Yeah, because she's going to be crazy as fuck. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to hack up Bonnie. Oh, poor Bonnie. I know, poor Bonnie, but also kind of like, yeah, whatever. Kind of forgettable. Uh, What? Don't you dare say that about Nev Campbell. I just meant, I'm not trying to be too mean, but... 
Uh, if I got to hack up one of them, it's going to be hard. All right. So I'm going to shack up with. Man, this is really hard because I really like Bonnie and Rochelle like <laughs> exactly the same. Um, I'm going to shack up with Rochelle just because I think Bonnie has some issues with like with loving herself. And I can't help her with that because yeah. I have those issues myself and I can't. I can't help her. You can't, you can't get two of those together. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to go with Rochelle and then I am going to hook up with uh, Nancy because she could do it because, <laughs> no, don't get, just listen. She could do a glamour to make her look like, her, oh. like to make herself look like a man and then I can hook up with her. <laughs> and then I'm going to have to hack up Bonnie, but I don't want to. Oh, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> that's so it's ridiculous. true though. Yeah, I know it's true. It's true. Um, okay, so from our final film, Suspiria, you get you get to choose between Tilda Swinton, Tilda Swinton, and Tilda Swinton. Please explain. Because Tilda Swinton plays not one, not two, but three main characters in Suspiria. Tilda Swinton plays Madame Blanc, who is... Good. Mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton plays Madame Blanc, who is the uh, teacher of the Marcos uh, dance company thing, whatever. Um, She also plays Dr. Joseph Klemperer, who is the psychotherapist. And then she also plays Helena Marcos, the crazy creature slash woman slash witch. Crazy bitch. It's a lot going on. So she plays three. (laughs) So you get to shack up, hack up, or hook up with Madame Blanc. Dr. Joseph Klemperer and Helena Marcos. Um, I'm going to shack up with Madame Blanc because I okay. think she's the best candidate for Got it. me. Got it. And she has powers. So okay. why Got not? It. Sure. I'm going to um, hook up with uh, what's the doctor's the psychotherapist? Uh, doc- Dr. Klemperer. Dr. Klemperer because he's the only guy. And. <laughs> And I'm definitely gonna hack up uh, whatever fuck is girl crazy crazy ass bitch girl. I think that's smart. Um, I am going to shack up with Doctor Klemperer because he old and he going to die soon and he going to leave me his fortune. Oh, he's got good somewhere point. Left and he's behind. very loyal, very loyal. He's got that cute little country house in East Berlin that's like it's like a box basically, which is actually kind of cute and also a very German thing. Um, I'm going to hook up with Madame Blanc because bitch knows how to work it. I love she, I love her like when she does that weird turn with her braid. Oh god, like, it's so good. <laughs> and like the only problem is that she's like she's smoking like throughout that entire movie. And as somebody who has recently quit smoking, yay me, um, that could be a problem. Just, just want to point that out. And I'm definitely going to hack up fucking Helena Marcos because she has literally baby hands coming out of her body. <laughs> All over her very weird body. She would be like, "Give me that's my strong hand." Yeah. Although I gotta tell you, the the um, I really love that part in the movie when Mother Suspiri Orum, she says like, "Who who of the mothers are you?" Um, whatever to, mm-hmm. and when when Marco says Suspiri <laughs> it was kind of I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck!" It was amazing. Oh god. Anyway, all right. Shack so, up, shack up, hook up. Woo! No, 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 no. We didn't even say kill, fuck, marry once. I know, right? <laughs> Good totally. job. We did it. We learned. <laughs> All right. So that is going to bring us to the end of our 11th episode. And that is something witchy this way comes. Yeah. And hey, by the way, but you know, you guys will listen to this episode. You folks will listen to this episode. And it's going to be Thanksgiving soon. So I guess I just I, I want to say like have a good holiday and yeah and like hey. surround yourself with the people you love no matter who those people are yeah and like we're super thankful for you 
And I know that like politics comes up at Thanksgivings often with family. That's a thing that can happen. It's one of my favorite SNL skits is the uh, <laughs> right. Adele Thanksgiving. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> Hello from me. <laughs> yes. But like, you know, hey, you know, a great way to um, to survive Thanksgiving could be to just like slip away for a minute and go listen to Friday the 13th episodes <laughs> or, you know, like tell your family about it and then make them listen at the dinner table. Yeah. Why not? So, um, coming up in December, we will be bringing you a, yet again, another episode of Friday's Favorite Movies. It'll be Maddie's turn. I can't remember what I'm doing. Uh, I don't think you picked yet. I don't think I picked it yet. Um, And then we will be bringing you a brand new episode all around consumerism and the holidays. Which is pretty... So, look forward to that. pretty terrifying. Pretty terrifying. Um, And um, I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of the other podcasts that have reached out. We just recently did an interview with Podskure. Uh, Podskure yeah. is a uh, is a podcast out of uh, Seattle, Washington, and they do interviews with indie podcasts. So we really appreciate them inviting us on. So go give them a listen. Yeah, really, really great people. We yeah. really, we had a lot of fun. With it them. was literally just like sitting down and talking with a group of friends. Yeah, and and we're also thinking about going out to Seattle in January for PodCon. Yeah, um, and if any of you folks are thinking about going to PodCon, let us know. And um, you know, we just want to say thank you to Legion Podcast. Uh, we want to say thank you to pretty much just like everyone who likes, follows, reviews, does anything for us. I, I think that we overstress, but I just want to let you, all you listeners know, uh, reviewing us means so much. It really does. It, it helps us reach more listeners. Uh, it helps us grow our our little a little podcast that could. So if you wouldn't mind going, taking literally a minute of your day and going on iTunes and giving us that five-star review and just writing a little something that, that you like about the show. Don't keep, it doesn't have to be complicated. One sentence is fine. And also so, uh, another big special thank you to Noah Logan, the host of Faux Fright Podcast, for taking the time to chat with us. We loved having you on the show, and uh, we love your podcast. So I think that will just about do it. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Just look for it. And as always, get slayed. slayed.